0: let's do this piece did you summon all the internet GM, first
1: all the time did we what
0: did you summon the internet yet i don't
1: know we gotta hope that the internet knows how to internet we'll see if the internet's interneting. any internet it's a hot day we may have to just put that one. fan on Azar are ahmad hi hi everybody hi Because we have just two chats on the screen. If you want to just look at the camera. Look at the red light over there. The orange light on the camera. That's our camera. Yeah. It's warm. If there's a way... Yeah. The air conditioner in my apartment is in my bedroom. Because that's... If it's not there, I'm not going to sleep. Normally, I'm at my desk. And I can aim the fan from my bedroom into here.
0: But... And most people aren't aware that right now it's roughly the temperature of the sun in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. Heat index of 100. So I think I have to open those curtains just so we get more light in here. Tell us in the chat if the sound from the fan is too much for you. And you can feel free to field any questions as they come in, just-
0: the fan is on for those, you know, curious at home. Is the fan agreeable?
1: Yeah. This fan too much. Are you, do you are you getting any of the breeze?
0: It feels better. <laughs> The same. There we go. Now it's over here.
1: Okay. Good. Do we need it? Oh, it's like aimed away from you. Yep. Okay. okay. There we go. Car two thousand four says I barely hear the fan. Alright, Al Beck says, gotta run two box fans to get that sweet, cool air life into my room. And Mike Wallinger said, I sharted a little bit. So, today as you join us in the middle of Sunday, it's now 3 p.m. in Pennsylvania on the East Coast. Um, mm, I'm trying to see if that thing of whole drinking, drinking hot coffee on a hot day cools you off and makes you sweat more find out if that works or not if not we have cool drinks um so today's your gm gm questions with justin kramer uh general motors uh specialist yeah I, I didn't introduce him to you last time you were on was maybe a year ago when we were just starting the podcast justin kramer is the owner of slatington auto repair Catasauqua. oh gosh darn it <laughs> cadasaqua auto repair cadasaqua pennsylvania uh, along with his friend John uh, a Lemons Rally now champion
0: well co-champion yes well three have sp- a sp- modesty this is split three ways
1: <laughs> you did win best overall mm-hmm. in the 2018 18. Yeah, retreat from Moscow Lemons Rally you won
0: after a horrific showing in the 17 rally
1: <laughs> you, but you had a kind of reliable car
0: with the yeah, engine
1: well,
0: we thought we were showing up with junk yeah and it wasn't even registering on like to like anyone anyone in that rally of garbage yeah they were, they were just thing. like yeah like yeah this, this isn't even cool it's not junky enough
1: your first car in a lemon's rally was a what uh,
0: an 83 ford ltd which was running what engine uh two 200 inline six based on a falcon engine Exactly. It was the last hurrah for the Falcon engine in '83.
1: '83. They de- they were they designed that engine in 1960. I th- I, th- I wonder if derivatives ran into the 50s. I mean, it's a, a reverse flow head, straight. No,
0: I have that older the older motor in my tow truck, and that one, um, yeah, the carburetors on the driver's side. Okay. And, the in, and the intake comes off. It's a, it looks like a generic inline six, but mm-hmm. there's nothing similar about the two motors, at oh, okay. least looking at them. So I'm sure there's probably nothing else really design-wise either.
1: Burgundy Burnouts, who is a, a frequent almost every single time chat guy, uh, showing up on the on the uh, stream. His icon, I think, is a WS6 uh, Firebird thanks for five bucks uh he says just finished playing wolfenstein 2 if you ever get the chance it's some nazi killing fun i'm gonna miss this one got called into work have fun okay so you're not gonna be with us and uh matt richter thanks for five bucks marty f kill beverly crusher diana troy tasha yar
0: is that star trek
1: it is star trek i don't understand his question
0: well, you you have to pick one to marry, one to F, and one to kill.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But I cannot remember which one is which okay, from Deanna, Star Trek.
1: Deanna Troy is uh, from Beta Z and she is a, an empath, and she can read your mind and know your emotions.
0: But which ones were they in the show? Or are they? Are they? Are there? Is just Crusher from Star Trek? They're
1: all from Star Trek. It's Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so I recognized it, but I haven't watched it since I was like fifteen. So.
1: Um, I think. Um, I think I'd kill Beverly Crusher because all she's going to do is brood over her son, and I'm not into marrying girls who already have, well, kids. There's, there's no politically correct way to say that, is there? But anyway, we're talking about a fictional universe. So uh, I think I would... Marry Deanna Troy because we wouldn't have any c- uh, confusion in the relationship, and I'd uh, fuck Tasha Yar.
0: I was... I would kill all three of them, and I guess go with the the guy that had the beard. Was he like the Riker? Yes, you could play <laughs> trombone. With. Mary and F.
1: <laughs> um, Cactus Catastrophe says, uh, "Is this someone you know?" Cactus Catastrophe.
0: No, but it sounds like it was said by someone that I would know.
1: His question is, Justin, wax poetic about the three point eight liter V six with new intake with a new intake gasket that doesn't leak oil.
0: I've never seen one. <laughs> there are two versions
1: of the three point eight. There's the Buick one and the Chevy one, right?
0: Well and and no one even knows what the Chevy one, because that never really took off. But there is an old three eight and then there's the series two Buick three eight, which is what everyone knows now, which is when all the front wheel drive Cars, but I don't know the exact specifics. Joshua went on the on the first rally with is the expert on these, but there is like a definitive difference between the like carbureted three eights from the seventies and eighties, and yeah. the series two, which was like the mid nineties till the end of production front wheel drive motor. Oh, oh you got me.
1: I'm trying to button these notes on the board. Um, so they don't blow around in the fan. I going down the rabbit hole with Justin Kramer here with GM engines. I want to learn more about them so I can review cars from the '80s and '90s better, knowing that oh, it has what the 2.1, the 2.8, the 3.1, the 3.8, and in my head they're all 60 degree V's.
0: Yeah, the, well, the is the 90, they're all the rest of them are all in a 60 degree. Bell housing. Well this, this one bell housing is shared, they're all sixty degree V. But um like the the two eight, the three one, the three four, the three five, and the three I think the three too are all a Chevy engine. Okay. Where the three three and the three eight are Buick engines.
1: The thing that compu- confuses me is that this is eighties and nineties we're talking about, but it's after the consolidation where they wanted all GMs to have the same engines
0: yeah that was in the late 70s but they didn't necessarily pick chevy for all of them oh like buick survived the the buick 38 was i guess at the time the best v6 oh,
1: grand national engine
0: what well, we became the grand national yeah it was okay. before that because the chevy had a 382 which was odd fire just, I, i'm dealt too much with this stuff but it was a chopped down v8 i believe okay and it was imbalanced because of how the oh. cylinders were spaced. It's an odd fire and an even fire
1: 3.8. Huh.
0: So the Buick one won out, but they made both the same time. You could get them both in the same model.
1: What is the body style of those Cutlass Sierras that you got?
0: Uh, I, I, I can't remember the, the chassis of them. But is that
1: the car that would come with either one or the other? No,
0: older, like Malibu's, like G-Body Malibu's, like oh. 78, 80 in that oh. era. You could get a Chevy or a Buick 38V6. And then uh, 305, probably, or a 350 Chevy. Huh.
1: Uh, Steven Uhal, uh-huh, uh, with uh, $2 Canadian, asks Justin... I want a 2006 Buick Lucerne as a as my first car. What are your thoughts? I, I don't know what a Lucerne is.
0: Generic old person car. Okay. I have worked on two of them. They seem nice. Have nice interiors. They ride really like nice and old persony, <laughs> where you don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, I think they have some wiring issues, but I haven't personally experienced it yet haven't had any issues with that okay but i think they might have body control computers a a, a lot of the new gms i'm noticing have a lot of nearly unfixable wiring and computer issues really am i new i mean i don't get real new stuff i'm saying like mid 2000s okay now the cars are getting a little bit older um because are we talking
1: like cobalts or
0: i know i've had a few equinoxes that have just unfixable I mean, I'm sure it's fixable if you really tear the entire car's harness apart. Is
1: it like stuff like parasitic
0: drains, or no, like every light in the dashboard being on, um, oh. airbag, uh, traction control? I had a, I had a customer that the stability control and ABS was doing this thing where it would just lock one brake up randomly. What? Like she got stuck in a McDonald's drive-through with the right front brake just all the way on. Really. And it wouldn't release. Shit. And it wasn't your foot wasn't on the brake or anything, but something with the traction control thought that it had to do that.
1: Oh. Um, Chris Chris O'Kara, uh, thank you for one ninety nine uh worst and uh oh, this is what is the worst and what is the best i have to know the
0: extremes of every situation the worst and it, just people are gonna ready and know what that is gonna be
1: okay what's the best <laughs> worst and best g m vehicle to work on
0: the worst'm not breaking any new ground here is anything with a north star in it right is absolutely the worst thing ever um best i don't know it's I mean, there's old stuff. Like, Chevette's were the easiest thing on the face of the earth to work on. Yeah. But anything old, for the most parts, easy to work on. Yeah, and just simplicity and stuff like that. What
1: were you talking about how there was one particular vehicle that GM made that the parts become dollar general cheap when it comes to disposable things like brakes and rotors? You were talking about something like... $15 $15 rotors for... Oh, store.
0: yeah. Well, they're good for recycling parts on, like, all the different models. And with anything, not just car parts, I mean, like economics, the more you make of something the more you sell of something, generally, the cheaper it becomes. Okay. So, like, all those... I have a bunch of those square body pickup trucks.
1: We got to get into, which is yeah. like, your passion.
0: Well, the one, the 73, I redid every single piece in the brakes. Lines, yeah. the power booster, the master. The only thing I didn't change was the rotors and the drums because they were fine. Mm-hmm. And it was $190 <laughs> pads, calipers, hoses, lines, master cylinder, and the brake booster front and rear,
1: man. And here I am about to drop a wheel into the Falcon to, to finally balance those brakes.
0: Yeah. So a lot of older GM stuff is like that. Wow. And we get the shared from everything. Like the, the Chevette's used the same brake pads, that my 78 three-quarter-ton truck uses. Nice, oh wow. GM had one brake pad in the 70s. <laughs> I think it's a part number 52. And it fits so every- So Corvettes would have it? No, Corvettes had their own deal, but okay. there was one pad for like all their front disc, rear drum cars. And then I even saw they used that pad on the rear of some cars in the 80s that had four-wheel discs like Camaros if they had the rear disc option. Okay. Used that same front pad on the back
1: <laughs>
0: like forever. So when you have stuff like that, it's going to be pennies.
1: Uh, urge to buy something, GM. Um, uh, Burgundy Burnouts, uh, I see you in the regular chat. He says, shameless plug, I'm building a 3800 Series Three turbo firebird on my channel steven uni get a 3 one chin stroker if you get a 3.8 three point eight ninety eight to 02 f body you get 1.5 feet of space to work on it i guess that means because they have 1, 1.5 feet of space in front of the engine
0: well f bodies suck to work on in general oh, yeah. that even with a even with the v6 they aren't really fantastic mm. They're better than the V8 ones. The V8 ones are impossible to work on. Especially the LT1s. The LS ones are better than the LT1 cars. That might actually not think about it. surpass surpassed North Stars for being horrendous to work on.
1: The spark plugs alone? You're,
0: like, if according to GM, and I don't, no one does this, but according to GM, you're supposed to remove the motor to do the spark plugs.
1: Get out. You, you drop, like put, put a chain on it and undo the... It uh, goes at the
0: bottom. Uh, motor, trans, the entire front suspension on a... K-frame, unibody thing, drop it down, buzz the plugs out, put new plugs back in, push it back up in. But that's the official way to do it, or else you spend three or four hours, you're moving all the skin on your fingers trying to get them out.
1: My God. Um, Okay. Nick Bell, Nick Belanger, Belanger, I hope I'm doing that right. Nick, am I right? Not trying to be political. Yeah, you are. But thoughts on the 2008 General Motors bailout and GM's lineup thereafter. Also, RCR Georgia. Um, You know, there's some guys with aircraft in Georgia. I'd return to Georgia, but it would probably be like in December or something like that. We have Sweetwater and Terrapin breweries. I do like Terrapin, that's a nice brew. But my thoughts on the General Motors bailout I think the company, I think General Motors is so gosh darn big, it can't really manage itself appropriately. And it can't make overarching a uh, preventative maintenance f- from a financial standpoint decisions like Ford did to just get rid of all their cars mm-hmm. and just do things. It's, um. Jeremy Clarkson said General Motors Almost was too big to fail primarily from their from a fleet division standpoint And I know I keep saying standpoints Um, But then again, isn't it political where I'm assuming a lot of executives Have their fingers in the political machine if you want to call it a machine and It was just the thing to do. However, they're not the first. We can go all the way back to Chrysler, and even then, uh, Lee Iacocca said they weren't the first. So, bailing out a a um, a car firm is nothing new. Any ideas?
0: Yeah, I, I was yeah. never a big fan of it, but I mean, honestly, I, I'm not particularly interested in anything currently made by most auto manufacturers, so <laughs> I, I I wasn't fully vested with gm at the point when they were having their financial problems anyway right nothing they made really interest me or i mean the trucks are okay but yeah from the car standpoint they really just still kind of lacking
1: there was somebody on the chat a while ago uh being salty and saying the only thing gm ever did correctly was the small block v8 and i can see why they would say that they didn't They did economy of scale, like you said, probably better than anybody. Um, But even if it was just the 350 and now the iterations of the LS and its continuing evolution into the new LT with direct injection, that still is quite a legacy.
0: Well, modern GM, you wouldn't expect it, but GM has one of probably the most advanced and cutting-edge, like computer systems in their car is engine management yeah. in general or a lot of other brands Now i said they have wiring problems that's because things whenever you have electronics mm-hmm. the, the physical part can break down and then
1: right. that's what happens
0: not need to fall to the actual electronics themselves but that's one good gm's very good at like engine management things of that nature computers ecms are very like they're up there with anyone else in the world if not ahead nice
1: uh, Brendan McGinnis uh, thanks for 4.99. he says when will General Motors bring exciting hatches and wagons to the US compare with Ford Focus and all dad worked at GM for 30 years and asked and asked GM balked what?
0: he asked them why and they oh
1: they balk good stuff good stuff stays in the European Union well it is true all the Opel divisions and all their tiny cars end up there except when they don't in, in terms of the Chevette, that's mm-hmm. an Opel, uh,
0: I, I don't, I don't think GM at least from the eighties on has been particularly good at having an idea of what the public wants. Mm. I think they just kind of put things out there and they're just like, "Here's what you're getting. Here's here's alumina, mm. and <laughs> this, this is what you get." Yeah. Um. I mean, if you if you think about it, like the the Chrysler PT Cruiser, yeah, came out was a success. You can see you. Say what you will about it, but yeah. it's, it's sold. GM, what? Almost ten years later, makes the, H- the HHR, <laughs> takes like three years of development to build it. It's a PT Cruiser. Yeah. And by that point, the PT Cruisers aren't selling. Yeah. They did the same thing with the, uh, what was the pickup thing? SSR.
1: Yo, yeah, that retro thing. After
0: the after the Prowler.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Because you think about it, that's just a, a Prowler ripoff. Yeah. And but so- same. But they made it expensive. It was trash. Yeah. I don't know. They kind of like, ooh, people like this. Someone else did it. Now let's us do it too late and not as well Like later. Right. You see the same thing same thing about the Camaro once Ford came out with the retro Mustang in 04, 05? Oh, with the...
1: Uh, yeah, after the SN95, I think it's that's the S127. Yeah.
0: When they came out with that, then GM was like, hey, maybe we should bring back this Camaro that we didn't have tv commercials for for the last mm-hmm. five or six years we mm-hmm. made it so we didn't sell any
1: mm-hmm. yeah oh the all the old f bodies yeah yeah
0: they killed it because they weren't selling it but at the same time they weren't even advertised and they still made the camaro when they were still making it no two yeah. and then they couldn't figure out why it wasn't selling anything
1: <laughs> mm. with uh, rafael varga with five dollars or five euros hello from southwest germany I've been a long-time fan and love your stuff. Currently, I'm a 17-year-old student. Uh, how long do you think you're going to be one? That's a dad joke. I'm sorry. Took a sec. <laughs> uh, how long should I keep my first car? Well, that's a very open-ended question. I mean, if you're a student, you'd, you'd probably keep your car until it stops functioning. And plus, I don't know what... Um, I think Germany's safety regulations with cars are very, very strict. It's not like here in this part of Pennsylvania that doesn't even have emissions regulations.
0: Yeah, people complain about car standards here, why their cars won't pass inspection. And in a lot of other countries, you know, it's much more strict.
1: Right. Well, if you don't like your car passing inspection, go to like Ohio. or Does Ohio have safety? Florida doesn't.
0: I know it. Oklahoma doesn't. <laughs> I don't think they have registration.
1: What?
0: Yeah, I have family out there.
1: Insurance?
0: Yeah, I think you have to do a plate, but I don't think you have to renew it or anything. What? Wow. And you and you don't need to register trailers, huh? Or have lights on them. <laughs> it's yeah, it's kind of wow. so that oh. yeah, that there's some states that would even blow you away that that we're pretty strict, and then other countries make us yeah look like we're letting people drive anything, right?
1: Uh, um. Sasha uh, with the five dollars. Uh, thank uh, asking. Do you think Tesla will stay around? Too early to tell.
0: Probably. You... Yeah. I mean, they've pretty much been bleeding money since they started, so I don't think. They I don't know. Seems to be working for them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the the cars are good, and uh, I'll have a few things to say about a, the new one. Um which we won't get into here. But, I mean, there there's QC problems with the Model 3, but the car is in such demand that it's not gonna really hurt sales, but the only thing that's hurting sales is they can't make them. They just can't make them fast enough. They, they wanted to be able to produce 5,000 units a month or something? I don't know, where was it a day? You can't make 5,000 cars a day. No. No. 5,000 a year? 5, a month. probably a
0: month. Yeah. Cuz I know even in the 60s they were selling tens of thousands of certain models a year. Okay. So yeah, probably 5,000 a month.
1: Um the orders are there, the QC isn't, but no one cares because it's a hot hot item to have. But Which do you think would happen first? Would Tesla go under or do you think Elon would ask for a bailout? <laughs> I, I couldn't see him doing that, but I really. He would get even saltier on Twitter. So.
0: <laughs> I mean, right? I, like, people want, like, people really want those things. I, I, I don't think that they're going to go under. I think they'll figure it out internally, most likely. They I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see, with all the government shenanigans and stuff, Right. I don't know if he'd be able to get money. There's probably too much standing in the way of that.
1: He, they're not UAW cars
0: so that's one thing
1: at least that I guess may work it against him in some markets and that's maybe we were trying to figure this out because we were talking about Teslas yesterday and why people automatically hate them well why some people completely discount them even after driving them and feeling how fast they are and quiet they are and I think some of it may have to do with their, their non-union cars and maybe working condition that conditions at the so called giga factory.
0: I think people still just have a lot of I don't know, assumptions about electric cars. Mm i mean americans in general haven't really bought on to even diesel cars like europeans have that's true or it's you know it's a common place in europe and here you tell someone you have a diesel car and they think you have some 1978 buick that's like shaking apart when it idles and blows black smoke so i mean we're, we're still in that phase going to electric still like another step beyond that right
1: i mean every single electric car i've driven is fine and even the gm bolt was fine that little hatchback uncomfortable as hell But fine, Um, you know range anxiety. I can understand it, but it's it's just something you work around. I mean, I ride motorcycles all the time. Was riding them today, and you're just mindful of because when you ride a motorcycle, most most motorcycles don't have fuel gauges. You you use your trip odometer as your fuel gauge, and knowing that at 100 miles, start depending on how big your tank is. At 100 miles or close to it, start looking for a gas station, and just keep topping it off. So you would have to plan larger trips around where chargers are. And you know, Alex Roy proves that you can go coast to coast, and it's no problem.
0: Well, and people, I mean, you aren't driving trips like that. Most most people aren't driving trips like that daily, right? So most people are driving. 30 minutes or less to work mm-hmm. some people don't but that's i would say that's probably the average right so i mean they're they're perfect for that i mean even though it was the gm the volt
1: yeah that's a hybrid that
0: yeah but like that was on when you think about it people were complaining about its range and all that but most people that bought them i don't think they were using fuel like for six months yeah, like GM had to put a thing in it, and it had to retune the software so the engine would <laughs> run once in a while. Yeah, because if you would just commute to work ten minutes or something like that, you were running strictly on electric.
1: Yeah, and then your your gas turned to varnish in there.
0: Yeah, and people were getting like seven hundred miles per gallon out of those things and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know what the failing point was of those cars, honestly. That seemed like a pretty good setup. It was
1: Highest um, price, perhaps. Um, the one we tested blue screened in the middle of it. Because even though it had a good charge in it, the lead acid battery uh, went uh, either for whatever reason it was almost dead, and it needs that even though it doesn't use that engine to crank.
0: Well, it should should start start the motor now, or it probably—I bet you—that runs the car's electrical system. Okay. The computers and lights and stuff like that would still operate on 12 volts, more than likely.
1: Okay, and not the I don't know what the engine runs on. Yeah, something crazy. Paul Wagner, thanks for five bucks, man. My first car was a 1977 Chevy Scottsdale. The original engine blew up, so we put a nine. So we put in a 97 Camaro V8. All right, so that'd be an Uh, LS
0: LT. 97 was last year for the LT. I think Corvettes had them, but Camaro still had the LT until 98. Really? 98 was the first year of the LS in Camaros and Firebirds.
1: Didn't know that. Yeah, I think... I thought when the LS came out, that was just it. I think
0: the 97, just the Corvette had it. Hmm. Trucks didn't get it until 99. It was a roll-in because you could still get the GM 400 chassis, Mm -hmm. which was the 90s truck, was still made until like 01. Huh. it was GM's that the other fun thing GM does was they'll sell two of the same car or two different cars under <laughs> the same name at the same time like the old buy style and the new buy style they're real good at that no one else does that I don't think <laughs> GM just does that without a second thought
1: Uh, Paul says fun car to get to school and back love the reviews thank you Paul Cactus Catastrophe for 199 just says meat thank you very much 139 KK whoops with just a dollar of donation, thank you. And this money is all going toward the um
0: Buying another Chicago air conditioner trip. fund. Buying another.
1: <laughs> you know, I had two air conditioners. I gave one to Mike Regensburg,er my old station manager at Kutztown University Radio. Because he needed one, and I didn't think. I thought, well, it's going to be a cool summer. I'm just going to need the one and not put a second one here. Yep. Cool this, well, look where we are.
0: Someone scrolled past they asked if we ever got yeah, any this other one or this one on the right one if we ever got any other opals in the u s oh, other, other than the chevette I scrolled past that yep, where is it let's see what's up there there we go
1: oh i'm sorry, Alex ninety with uh five pounds apart from the chevette. Did General Motors introduce any Opal-based models to the U.S. market? And I don't know the answer to this question, do you? Uh,
0: the Opal GT was sold as the Solstice and the uh, oh, yeah. oh. Saturn Sky, which my friend had a oh. Sky Redline. And then near the end of Saturn, I think pretty much everything they made was an Opal. Huh. When when they killed off the uh, the SLs and the SCs and all that, like the original Saturns, yeah. when they came out with the... Uh, how what they even make? Uh... Like the Aura and the Astra, yeah, those were just Opals. Huh. And ironically, they were probably the best cars Saturn ever made. It was near the end when they were killed off, and they were basically a badge job on Opal cars. But those were all Opals. All those last few years, Saturns when they killed off the S series and the actually even before that, the L series Saturns. Those that they were the bigger ones that came out around the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, those were Opals. What model? I don't know. Hmm. But they either had an Ecotech or they had an Opal three liter. Maybe it wasn't it. Huh. But when you open the hood on them, it says made in Germany, like all over the engine. Oh, really? So it's not even like a U.S. based engine.
1: And they were perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, I don't. Those cars weren't that great. Oh. I think the the later ones, like the Astra and the Aura and all them, uh-huh. those were supposedly decent cars. Now my friend Sky was great, but mm-hmm. she hit a. Randomly placed tractor trailer wheel and tire that was in the road <laughs> when she went around a corner. Oh, but yeah, she had a turbo one Sweet. with a GM Stage Two kit on it. Sweet. So I think it made like 300 horsepower and pound Whoa. feet of torque at the wheels. Whoa. She she actually said it ruined the car because it was it was drivable before that. Yeah. And after she did it, add it was like a D1 drift car on <laughs> on trying to merge onto the highway. <laughs> So yeah, we we did get a few opals. Oh, the Opal GTs back in the seventies, those little mini Corvettes. Yeah, yeah. And then we had an Opal something else. But those were straight up they, they, they called them opals. But they were sold through Buick for some reason. Uh. If you there's old ads it'll say it was it's Opal by Buick. Hmm. I guess GM didn't think people would just accept it as Opal. They yeah. needed to put the Buick name on it to kinda like ease them into a foreign car. Yeah. People were real funny about foreign cars back in the day in the U.S.
1: I, I wonder if they looked at foreign cars in like the '60s and '70s the way we look at the prospect of having Chinese cars here today. Probably worse. Yeah.
0: Because in the, in the in the '50s and '60s and back to like, I mean probably pre World War II, um, the U.S. cars were the best cars in the world. Mm. There was no comparison. Like, they, the U.S. were the most technically advanced cars. They are the best-built cars. And then it kind of went downhill to try and compete with the imports that were coming in. Uh, like, if you look at—if you get, like, a 60s, like, BMW or something, where now yeah. that's, like, considered real high, they, they're, like, a Volkswagen. They're junk. Really? base real base model. They're not particularly well-built. Huh. Um, BMWs were still available 6-volt until, like, 1968,
1: Really? I drove a I drove a 60s, or was it like a 71, 2002?
0: It was the I one under the 2002. I only know that. this because I saw it on Jay Leno's garage. Okay. There was a model okay. under a 2002 that was crappier. Oh. And it was still 6-volt. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, like, GM, I mean, American cars used to be really, like, the best vehicles.
1: Hmm.
0: And then so it was kind of weird seeing these other cars pushing in in the 70s. Yeah. And it was really the gas crisis that change all that when people started buying imports.
1: Yeah. We have this joke coming up in a video how um to make our point we had to talk about the Arab oil embargo and the video mm-hmm. just stops and is like, no,
0: we will never stop talking about this.
1: Cause it was. <laughs> it's the automotive worlds nine
0: 9/11 Yep. It was basically Mad Max. Yeah. Everything changed.
1: Um Let's go back down. I saw one guy who posted a question and said he had to leave. Um, but we'll see it. The, um, you, uh, you Cajun 12. Uh, oh, John Wayne says foreign cars are still weird in Minnesota.
0: Hmm. About Michigan. Isn't that Michigan? Oh, I'm sorry. And Yes. Well, yeah, well, because they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, salty. A little (laughs) bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can 12 for, uh, thanks for 10 bucks, man. Uh, marry F and kill Mazda three hatch golf GTI focus ST all current generations of it. All right. Um, well, I guess we're I- going to, we're going to, I'm going to kill the Mazda three hatch cause, uh, you said Mazda three and focus S- ST cause you know, I'm going to have fun, but no one's going to care. And I do like a little bit of street cred, so I'm killing the hatch. I'm uh, I'm fucking the Focus ST because I know it's going to be fun, but at the end of the day, I want to be comfortable, so I marry the Golf GTI.
0: Yeah, I'm probably in that same order, except technically Ford already killed the Focus. Womp, womp. Yep. I, I don't even know what the Mazda 3 looks like. I can't even picture it in my head. A I know what a new th- one looks like. I, Maz- I know what a Mazda 3 is, but I don't know what the current one... Oh, right. I couldn't tell you what a 2018 Mazda 3 looks like. Hmm. I mean, I guess the Golf. You know me and volkswagen kind of have a rocky relationship
1: oh right yeah <laughs>
0: but i guess it's probably good for a few years until it breaks well it's not diesel
1: brandon mcginnis hey brandon we see you a lot around here thoughts on the oh i'm sorry i dad swiped thoughts on the regal tour x what the hell is
0: that it's a i i saw one in ocean city the one I saw was a wagon. I don't know if they're all wagons. I don't know. It kind of looked like a Volvo. What were those like jacked up Volvo station wagons? XCs? 90s?
1: Oh, yeah. It yeah. looked
0: similar to that. My friend said they're, that they're cool. They have some cool engine or something. I I don't know. I what It's not really on my radar. I was, you have no idea what it is. It was on your radar. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: And will we ever see a new Grand National... Well, not in the sense to, to quote Anton Sugar. Not in the sense that you mean. Like we're not, we will not see another rear-wheel drive turbocharged six-cylinder that looks like that anymore. Um, I don't know if we can look to American manufacturers for boutique cars. Maybe Fiat Chrysler, who maybe bought by Kia. I
0: thought um, Hyundai. Oh, or, is, is it, is it not, or is it the same thing anyway Hyundai
1: owns Kia yeah right. so <laughs> same difference Hyundai um, to make a car just for uh, just for fun and just for laughs which is something GM used to do all the time in the 80s and even the 90s like they could not do it for profit just do it for the love of it
0: now we're really in the 90s
1: Nineties, they did the uh, S ten Extreme Edition.
0: Yeah, but that was dumb.
1: <laughs> it was a body kit.
0: You no know, no, no, they're they're good at slapping appearance packages on stuff, <laughs> but it's not like it was an actual performance vehicle. Um, like 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 the Grand National was fast. Yeah, S tens just. It was a body kit on an S10 with lowering springs there. I don't know if they were lower. I think it was just a body kit made it look lower. Really? I don't think they were actually lowered. I remember the
1: commercial and it was just surfers pulling surfboards out of the bed of this thing. It's
0: extreme. Yeah. It's a Ford Ranger splash. They had that quality. What? Do you remember that? No. I it was remember like, it, that, was, that was the Ford version. And it was a Ford Ranger that was probably painted some pastel 90s color. Mm. And it had that... that thing that was popular in the nineties where it was like you threw paint on something. Yeah. It, it was like flames, but it was like had purple like like you threw goo on the front of it. It was like
1: it was the uh it was the like oh, a okay. like a Nickelodeon splash yeah. logo. Like that yeah. was the paint.
0: That option. was the that was the Ford version. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, does one still exist?
0: Oh, I haven't seen one of them in years. You used to see them all, all the time. It was just like the Cheap package like the sport package. I think. do you think. remember
1: the Dodge Neon Expresso?
0: Yeah, I just I just had one in the shop. Yeah, well, oh what did it need? Uh, it sat like for five years, and they were like, "Here, make this run." <laughs> but yeah, it had. It had uh, oh, it said something dumb on the seats. It was it was like on the pattern of the seats. Yeah, and it was like rain. It was a gray seat, and it had rainbow writing on it. Maybe it just said Expresso on the seats, uh. but it was in rainbow colors, like all in the yeah. stitching, and it was. It was that purple that every Chrysler was in the yeah. late 90s.
1: Got like purple, teal, off orange.
0: But yeah, I literally just, just saw one like two weeks ago.
1: So and what was, did it need, Did you get it running?
0: Yeah, it just needed exhaust, surprisingly. Really? Oh, and a fuel line got chewed through. Oh, okay. Fun fact, I realized that the plastic fuel lines everything uses, yeah. and, I, and I got this right from GM, by the way. Yeah. So a lot of them are getting chewed through by animals. <laughs> Something in those lines, they said, attracts animals to eat it. Like, there might be gelatin in it or something. Huh. But I've actually seen a few newer vehicles where mice chew through the fuel lines, the plastic fuel lines. And that's what happened on this Neon, too. Wow. Something something ate the fuel line itself. Oh, shit. I'm being unprofessional.
1: Oh. There we go. Whatever it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah it's it's in your chair.
1: Workforce 520 says I found my aunt's 2007 Camry window sticker and in small print it says it has a 7 horsepower, seven horsepower reduction for California emissions packets. I guess there was like a car char, an extra charcoal canister or something.
0: And surprisingly even that couldn't make a Camry any less interesting.
1: <laughs> like who cares? They're not going they're never going to they're never gonna get that car past four thousand RPM anyway.
0: I thought about it. A Camry has to be like the most boring vehicle, like like you, you can currently buy. Right, but just like it's a Camry. Here you go. <laughs> Features. It's a car,
1: <laughs> and yet can't keep them on the lots. Nope. They keep coming out. If you, I just want to, like, it's the answer. We that that in the Corolla and maybe the Accord. Like, I just want a car that's good, and you tell them Camry or Corolla. And, yeah. then, and then they go and buy a, uh, a J-Body General Motors. Yeah, well, like, I can get a Cavalier for $1,200. Why would I pay 5000 for a off?
0: Yeah, like Camrys and Accords are like, yeah, if you just want transportation with, you know, and it's comfortable, nice interior, it has features. You can get them as
1: five speeds if you look. If you yeah. Need a stick, shift, They make them.
0: It's a car. It's a good. It's a good car. They're, they're soulless. But it's, it's it's a good car.
1: Uh, Sean Brewer says, "I'll miss most of this podcast, but I just want to say I love the channel. Thanks for the laugh, the insight, and the honesty, and for not filing a restraining order against me like Doug Demuro did.
0: You put that on your list of things to do today.
1: <laughs> I can. Hey, thanks, Sean. Thanks for ten bucks, man. That odd geek. Okay. Um, just to look at the regular chat. Uh, Claudio says ne uh neon espresso. Take a Suzuki cappuccino and go with both cars and coffee. There you go.
0: Yeah, those um, are all imports though, aren't they? The cappuccinos.
1: Yep. Uh, they're JDM stuff.
0: Yeah, they're, they're like microscopic, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The uh the Autozam's the tiniest one. Um, I drive it. You know the, both knees on either side of the steering wheel. My knees are at ten and two. I could fit in it. It wasn't fun. The fifth generation Chevrolet Nova is an six platform Corolla.
0: Yes. It's not an 86. It's are front-wheel drive, aren't they? I think the 86 is with rear wheel. I don't right. know why Toyota's that well. Oh, wait. Duh. You're right. What then the, Yeah, the, the Nova's a front-wheel.
1: But they made the uh, Chevy Prism. That's a Corolla.
0: Yeah, but it's still front-wheel drive.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: so you're right. It's yeah, like the, the I, 886. six. No,
1: uh, a Nova. That's a Corolla.
0: No, they, they, the Novas are Corollas, but they aren't rear-wheel drive. Mm. They didn't make them in the eighties. And somehow it was more bare bones and worse than a Corolla. <laughs> uh,
1: that odd geek with two pounds. How are Land Rovers viewed in the U.S. unreliable? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I hope you like going to the dealership. Because I don't know if, like, your traditional, what, Moxie DOS or whatever those scan tools can read those things. Maybe they can.
0: Mine, yeah, mine can read. You are think they're legally required to be able to read pretty much everything on them uh, due to the obd two regulations. Uh-huh. But no, most of the parts are dealer-specific because, I mean, they aren't that popular over here. I, I always laugh when they have them on top here because directed like, the greatest things on earth for off roading. I'm just like, yeah, you never have a Wrangler on there, do you? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the car has to exist where there's an infrastructure to support it. And the reason that Land Rovers are only popular in certain markets in the US,
0: like. People people don't buy them here for off roading. That's right. They buy them here for luxury. People in Europe buy them for off roading. Yeah. In the US, people will just buy a Jeep.
1: Right. Which. Those like Wranglers, I can't believe that people are asking $10,000 for Wranglers and the frames rusted. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: They roll through me all the time.
1: Like, uh, what was the latest Wrangler project that came through Katasaka Auto Repair? Cause
0: they're, they're, it's all for frame repair. Really? Yeah. Welding? All those, I don't know, the generations, the late 90s, early 2000 ones with the round headlights. That's the... Uh, YJ? TJ. 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 T, uh, YJ is square square headlights, previously. Yeah, generation. those don't rust. Really? The bodies rust, the frames don't. Huh. The next generation, every single one will rust out right in front of the rear wheels on the frame. Really? Really? like really bad like the one in there now like this much of it's gone no frame at all once you start tapping on it and the frame just starts vanishing as you go back (laughs) my god but yeah but it's just just there like they don't rust in the front of the frame or the bodies don't really rust that bad i mean everything rusts in pennsylvania yeah there's no getting around it but it doesn't rust that bad the frames rust bad yep and i i drove like a new wrangler like when it's like one or two years old i can't believe people buy these things to drive they drive so terribly yeah it's brand new and it rides like a brick because it's gonna (laughs) it feels like it's gonna flip over when you go over a pothole yeah like it's it's acceptable it was made in the 60s yeah i'm like this thing's like a 2017 (laughs) but they are better off-road than like a land rover right
1: um now, people take issue with that, that. They're better off-road than Land Rover, and a lot of it comes down they're to solid ax- size.
0: They're solid axle, and, they're uh. bigger t- and they have more aggressive tires. They The Land Rover has technology to off-road. Mm-hmm. The Wranglers and the Jeeps just brute force it. <laughs> but there's a reason everyone uses Jeeps for off-roading.
1: And also, the advantage of... You talk about the, uh, the YJs and the TJs from the uh, 90s and early 2000s are really... The uh, the YJ I think started in '88 or something like
0: that. Yeah, that was there was one year they didn't make them, a Jeep, mm-hmm. a Wrangler, and then it came back with that I think. Or no, 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 that was in the '90s. They it was one year between the square headlight headlights and the round where they didn't make it because it was a total redesign.
1: The the advantage of that is a is a short wheelbase that you're not going to high center. Yeah. Stuff. And also, Weight. Oh, they don't weigh anything? That's true. You can fit. It used to be Windsor blocks and now it's LS's. That go into TJs, mm-hmm. and you get better fuel economy, and you get way more power than the old AMC reverse flow straight sixes. That was yeah. the best engine that you could have. The four liter straight six,
0: and even those are realistically they're more than powerful enough for those jeeps. The four right. liter, the four cylinders are kind of iffy. Yeah, but if you had a four liter and one, it's more enough power for most people's use the
1: concern was that the the gearing that they had on these with those with those straight fours and this is coming from a smoking tire podcast where i had two jeep enthusiasts to like get oh, the trailers well, and go behind it's the highway stuff so. yeah
0: well they already to get them to move with the four cylinders they put really aggressive gearing in them they're like four tens or higher uh, and usually i talked to a lot of people that have owned them usually the four-cylinder jeeps get worse fuel economy <laughs> than the four liters because of the aggressive gearing uh, and the four cylinders blow up because you're always rubbing the ball back off and getting the move anywhere, uh, where the four liters are a lot less stressed. Plus, four I I personally think four liters are great motors. Power aside, but they're reliable. Later on, they had some issues where they made the castings too thin in the cylinder heads and they got a little head crack happy. Uh-oh. But the motor itself are pretty. If you change the oil in it, it'll be fine. Uh, like if you do the basic of basic maintenance. <laughs> Then four liters will be fine.
1: Uh, w. Bush, uh, thanks for five bucks. He just says, I want a badge job. I'll give you a badge job. What's a, I, what's a good badge job?
0: Uh, I just watched something on Facebook about this too. Mm-hmm. Boys, I, I just saw one too. And I was thinking about it. Well, the, the weirdest one of the weirder ones, I think, is that the Scion, Toyota, subaru
1: oh the brz Scion, yeah and frs and now a8 just no just the 86 yeah people love them
0: yeah it's just kind of a weird i don't know <laughs> i i could think of much better engines to go in that car it's not the most it's, just, it's a weird combination of companies to, to yeah. get together and do it i mean yeah. toyota and scions whatever but i but i don't know it's kind of like oh really they're doing that okay All right. people like them people like them and hey it's a rear wheel drive car with an
1: engine that they've been making boxers for forever and they're not that bad of a motor. I mean,
0: I can go into Subarus with my, uh, about myself knowing that... You know, I there's... mean, you, you, with, as far as bad jobs go, you can go right to GM because they did it with everything. Mm. And they're finally stopping doing it now. They're killing off all the spare brands.
1: There's a badge job GM that we're going to be doing. This is a bit of a spoiler for RCR Chicago, but there's a badge job... Uh, Pontiac. No, yeah, in Chicago, and it's called the Pontiac Phoenix, 1976 Yeah,
0: that's a foreign car. It's a Mitsubishi or Toyota or something, isn't it?
1: It it looks is a square thing.
0: It's yeah, it's not. If that's what I'm thinking, it is. There was one that wasn't. It it looks a GM. like an
1: old. It looks like an old's four four two
0: from the eighties. Maybe that's not what the I'm thinking it is. There was a GM, and and there was a Chrysler one too. There was a rear wheel drive sports car thing. This that was actually a Japanese car. This
1: isn't a sports
0: car. No, not, it's a four-door sedan.
1: It. Looks like a. It looks like that 442 or tour, like a, a Caprice Classic.
0: Oh, okay. I don't even know if I saw it. I would probably recognize it. Okay. But they made so kind of, so many generic ass cars. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of some of them. Uh, the current Buick Regal and Tour
1: X are Opals. Thank you, Workforce Five Twenty. Thank for thank you for One Ninety Nine. Uh, FlyPRDU uh, says, "Mr. Regular, long-time listener, first-time caller. Love your stuff. How do you like flying out to San Francisco and reviewing my 2012 Volvo C70 convertible? I've never. I, we, we were only out in uh, San Francisco once, and it was kind of in the Berkeley area. Berkeley area uh, to go drive that Ariel Atom. I'm sure at some point, uh, Fry Purdue." I'll be back in uh, the Bay Area. Um, you know the drill. Uh, your make model city state, regular car reviews at gmail.com. I mean, we'd have to like plan a whole thing uh, to come out there. It wouldn't just be your car, but um, thank you so much for your offer and thank you uh, for the five bucks. Alex90 uh, says Would a Chevy Dayvan, Dayvan, the 80s-era ones think they were also called the GMC G20. Make a good camper conversion. What's a day van?
0: It must not be something used in this country. Well, oh,
1: because he's oh, five pounds. A, a
0: yeah. G20 is a three-quarter ton GM van. There was also G10s and G30s. So that would G10 be a half ton. G30 would be a one ton. Okay. And that's a traditional van. Okay. Now it makes sense he's, he's from europe because i was about to say why wouldn't you i'm sorry uh,
1: yeah yeah i was saying yeah he's yeah. in the uk i'm saying
0: sorry. why wouldn't you just buy a camper because they're probably cheaper than the vans because yeah. campers here are worthless once yeah. they're not new but yeah we we used them as campers here they came as either those conversion vans which no one's gonna want talking about that outside the u.s either <laughs> but or they came as campers a conversion van was for some reason in the 70s and 80s and 90s these vans were popular, where you would send them to a coach company.
1: What you would do is you would buy a cargo van.
0: Oh yeah, or I don't know, if, I don't know if they're cargo or passenger either. But it didn't, pie didn't matter, either way or the other.
1: Yeah, you could either buy it or, well, they would have them for sale at dealerships. Yeah, but or G-
0: GM didn't make them; other companies oh. made them. They were sent out to like coach companies, like who would make limos and stuff like that. Yeah, and you would put. Velour captain's chairs, (laughs) like three or four rows of them in the van. Wood paneling, like spotlights, curtains. Yeah, curtains. Little drink,
1: drink tables that would swivel out.
0: Yeah, sometimes a bed, but they weren't really a camper.
1: You put CRT TVs,
0: and and then then they'd have body kits around them, extra chrome, shit on the roof.
1: Oh, yeah, it had that television antenna that everyone yeah. had, a little V thing.
0: And people drove these things, and they were called conversion vans. <laughs> I don't think they really exist anymore because I don't know what, how oh, there was weird.
1: Ford makes, uh, well, no, Ford doesn't make it. It's just their Transit Connect that's turned into a conversion van. Uh,
0: well, no, they make a passenger van. It's not a conversion. It doesn't have, like, TVs and mood lighting in it or anything. No,
1: yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, because like, like Chevy and Dodge and Ford all made passenger vans, which uh-huh. were just vans with regular seats in them without all the limo slash corn right. set stuff inside of them. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. No one else in the world knows what the hell we're talking about with these things. But they were all around mm-hmm. here like we, when we were kids. You'd see them everywhere. Right. Like they were popular for some reason at some point. Ske-
1: and then as, as they went out of favor and the price dropped, they were owned by the sketchiest folks possible. Oh, yeah,
0: because you can just get one right now for, like, 1500 bucks. Yeah. And it's probably the most uneconomical vehicle you could possibly drive because yeah. they weigh a ton. <laughs> they are heavy. They're underpowered.
1: They have throttle body injection on uh, yeah. the, uh, 350 Chevy. By
0: now, most of the interior is probably urine-stained by <laughs> smell, so... <laughs> yeah, it's just an interesting thing.
1: Ethan commons, uh, commons says, uh, thanks for two bucks, man. Any thoughts on the Corolla XRS, the first gen two ZZ? I like it. I mean, the problem with that is that people are going to put 87 in these cars and not know it. And that's an eleven and a half to one compression on those, uh, Toyota engines. Uh, it's a great, great motor. It was also in the, uh, um, Toyota Matrix, uh, okay. five door hatch. It was the Cor- Corolla. Ma- the Corolla Matrix had the one ZZ that would run on eighty seven, and then the Corolla Matrix X, which also had the XRS badge, uh, that was the two ZZ, which is eleven and a half to one, uh, and power was I think one ninety hmm. uh, naturally aspirated. I'm I I'm, I'm only... assuming
0: it's a two-liter, or is it I a think one
1: eight?
0: So. Um, I think it's two. Okay, I'm just going. I'm just going by the engine code. I would assume it would be a two-liter, but maybe twelve totally Well, what
1: the one ZZ and two ZZ had the same same display. Oh,
0: I I I, I know what motor. This is I remember would we'll look up an mr two. I would look up parts for for matrixes and, and vibes, and there'd be two engines mm. the same size, use totally different parts mm-hmm. for everything. Yeah, I oh, know. Everything was different. Oh, a lot of the, the parts head. where the belts and stuff were—it was mm. weird stuff like that—and you had to know which motor was in. You had to get the VIN code.
1: Mm. People would swap the two ZZ from the one ZZ in the uh, in the MR2s, but unless if you're doing it, it's not worth it. If someone previous owner did it, knock a, knock a thousand dollars off his asking price, and then you buy it. Yeah, just to make sure he did it correctly, because they they wouldn't even have the same computer. I think. Okay, yeah. Hunter Edwards. Would you consider uh, my 2012 Mazda 3 manual or 2002 Mazda 2 Auto for review if I attended the next Pennsylvania meet? Love your videos, and I got my naturally aspirated Miata because of your videos. Oh, thanks, man. MZ3 is used off-road on job sites. MZ3? I'm not sure what MZ3... Mazda 3. Oh, thank you. Mazda 3 is used off-road on job sites. Very nice. Um, It's true. We haven't reviewed a Mazda 3 yet. Um, Plenty of focuses, and we did the Fiesta ST, um, but no Mazda 3. I just
0: just saw a Mazda 2 for the first time ever. One came in. Yeah? It's pretty tiny.
1: They are. You can also um, get them as a sedan. They first appeared... This is a hatch that I saw. Ah. Um, you can get them as a sedan, but not with a Mazda badge on it, with a Scion badge. They oh. first came here through Toyota as the Scion IA. This is
0: one of the weird Scions main near the end?
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Ted Stoltz from Lancaster, you know him as a guy who designed the RCR logo and sometimes he appears. Another motorcycle guy. He bought one new and uh, now they're called Toyota IAs so Mazda does not sell the Mazda 2 sedan under a Mazda badge in the US Toyota hmm. has that privilege of selling their car but Mazda will sell you the Mazda 2 in the 3 or hatch
0: more weirdness I
1: know so thank you Hunter oh Magus Belivus, uh corrected me. The one ZZ two ZZ are both one point eight liters. Huh. thank
0: you. And now we know.
1: How you holding up? Good. We've been going for an hour so far. Um. Jesse Grower says, Mr. Regular, my favorite wing and beer combo. Okay. Uh, It's usually gonna be something by Trogues and it's gonna be this combination that I like getting at the Brickhouse called the Cajun-Asian, which is half Cajun, Cajun, half Asian. Not mixed together on both wing, but like six of them will be Cajun flavored and the other half will be Asian flavored. That's my favorite. He says, Mine is Sweet and Nasty Wings from Angry Pepper in Mad Beach, Florida. And Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. It's a shameless plug. Well, thanks, Jesse. And thank you for five bucks. Uh, Jkol613. Thanks for 10 bucks, man. I have a 2001 Buick Regal GS3800 Series 2 Supercharge. Okay, so that's the one that they blew up one time at the Stopping Mechanics they welded the turbo
0: on? Yeah, that's roughly it. I think that even was a Regal, too. Supercharged with 64,000
1: miles. Nice. Any suggestions to keep this amazing car running other than basic maintenance? Any problems to watch out for? Keep up the great show.
0: uh, Intake gaskets. And, uh... There's plastic coolant elbows that for some reason uh, GM routed the coolant through the belt tensioner. Wait, what? Yeah, I guess it's just a packaging issue. The heater hoses go through the belt tensioner before they go into something else.
1: Wait, did the heater hose disappear like into the block it, where the tensioner it literally
0: No, no, it flows coolant through the belt tensioner assembly. And it comes out the other end, and it goes into plastic (laughs) elbows, which go somewhere. I can't picture where they happen right now, but those go bad all the time. Dorman makes aluminum ones to replace them. Mm -hmm. I don't honestly know if they're any better. You'd Mm -hmm. think because they're metal, they would be, but that's really no guarantee. (laughs) They might still break. Oh, But yeah, basically, those elbows and the intake gaskets are the two real issues with that. Other than, like you said, basic maintenance. Um, You might eat a transmission. You might it's kind of roll the dice. Sometimes they just go.
1: One one. Uh, oh, Eric, um, who worked pre- uh, previously of Moyer's Car Care, his mother or something had that one Pontiac Grand Prix that had the LS4 in it, mm-hmm. the transverse one, and he, according to him, the transmission in that was never made and LS. All yeah, I think it was the same,
0: same transmission. Well, those have a different bolt pattern on them, too, I think. The LS4? That front-wheel drive one, uh, I think. I know the, they have different... It's a different block.
1: Oh, wait, you're right, because the guy who had the LS DeLorean used an LS4, and he did mention that the bolt pattern isn't the GM use it on everything. Yeah.
0: On but yeah, it's probably... They're probably 4T65s, which was the go-to GM four-speed auto front-wheel drive trans. Mm-hmm. Which kind of randomly explode on under normal use. See, <laughs> so yeah, I can see that being an issue. I've never seen one of those, like, personally. Huh. Be it the Grand Prix or the Impala SS that had the V8 in them. Impala
1: mm. SS, I kind of like. Uh, Hourly B. Thanks for $5, man. Um... Hey, Mr. Regular, I was wondering if you heard or had an opinion on the fact that Toyota has removed all of their production cars from video games. They have?
0: I didn't know about this either. That sucks.
1: I haven't been playing video games for, like, ever since starting RCR. When I play video games, it's just stuff from the 90s, and I go back down a 90s hole when I I play the video games I used to play. (laughs) I'm not discovering anything new. I'm just, well, I'm eating dinner. I'm maybe having a beer. And I want some me time and I want some low polygon count all up in this. Some
0: 320 by 280, goodness. Oh,
1: hell yeah. I need some pixelation.
0: I need, I need something I need a graphics card for.
1: Oh, I need that. I need that.
0: Minimum requirements I need graphics that card. Acceleration.
1: <laughs> Man. So I didn't know that Toyota's removed all their products from video, uh, video games, including Forza. Really? Yeah,
0: I didn't hear about didn't this either.
1: Know. No, I didn't. So thanks, Hourly. W. Bush said best bad job ever. I think he was referring to um, something you were saying.
0: Probably. But thank you, W. Bush.
1: Uh, Renegade Fighter says that's false. Uh, they're in Gran Turismo Sport. Okay, so some Toyota products are appearing in racing
0: games. Maybe just their. They probably paid him for exclusivity or something weird like that. Cause I think Grand, I think Grand—I I don't remember which one it was, but I think Gran Turismo paid off someone else where their cars were only in Gran Turismo or something oh. like a year or two ago. So huh. they probably did that too. I
1: hmm. don't know. But yeah, that makes sense. Thoughts on, oh, Astro and Safari vans. I love Chevy Astro vans. I think they look amazing. I know nothing about how they work. Says Taco Guy135. I see them, and now I—I I, I used to think they were the dumbest things in the world, Chevy Astro, and maybe they called them the Chevy Lumina Astro. No, that was van. that was totally
0: different. There was that Lumina APV, yeah, which was a dustbuster van.
1: Yeah, There yeah, was yeah, the
0: Pontiac yeah. Transport and the old Silhouette. You know, those were front wheel drive, and those had three ones or three eights in them. Mm. The Astros are rear wheel or all wheel. Um, I believe they're not based on an S10, but they do share a lot of parts with S10s. Mm -hmm. But uh, at least in the 80s, like when minivans came out, like the Astro was probably the best of the initial fleet of minivans that come around. Mm
1: -hmm. You put it higher than the first generation caravans?
0: Yeah, because the caravans, even the early ones, had like the transmission and had gasket issues and stuff like that. The Astro was built more heavy-duty. It had a 4.3 in it. Mm. It had a... You know, the, eventually, it had the all-wheel drive system and stuff like that. So, it was probably built better. You don't see many around anymore, though. No. A few I, of those fleet ones were still roaming around. Oh, with
1: the sealed beam headlights. That yeah. you're talking about. Uh, Chris Salazar says, Thoughts on an MDX? Is
0: that uh, Acura? Oh, Gary, SUV
1: picked up one picked up a 2011 last year and surprised how sporty it can feel for its size. Very few Acura reviews on the channel, curious why. The thing about when I look at Acuras and partially Lexuses in this particular part of the country. We don't get those luxury nameplates until they pass through a few hands and a Mm -hmm. bunch of uncles before they start showing up on our streets. I mean, you'll see new ones if you go down toward Philadelphia, maybe out toward Harrisburg, and maybe even Scranton. But, Lancaster, maybe. Um, But, out here, you're better off, like, when you want to buy a used car, don't buy a used luxury nameplate around here. The people who want them, and this is kind of mean but they want to appear rich yeah but uh, their car is going to break down more and also it may have proprietary parts and also it's been through more hands a lot of Marvel mystery
0: oil in that well yeah the, the I know that the buy here pay here car dealerships Yeah. they they love those 10 year old luxury cars BMWs and Mercedes because yeah. as soon as tax season comes out in January those yeah. are going to be flying off the lot <laughs> And
1: flying back on again when they get
0: repoed yep it's uh
1: dan solner uh who built the uh exhaust on uh the falcon with the exception of the eight the eight and the one uh sort of thing that bruce built that but i uh, know dan solner uh uh great guy said you know i noticed something about like schuylkill lazerne and berks county I see a lot of brand new base model cars all around here, like brand new bottom spec cars that people just buy. And he's into the two forties and he is into like, like uh, the Acuras and stuff from the eighties though, when they were around and all weird. And my answer to him, I think was, well, when you get enough money, sometimes people want to have, finally want to have a car that's new, and just works because they live maybe thirty years of driving beaters. Okay, they finally, want something
0: that's not going to break down. Yeah,
1: so they got twenty two thousand dollars now. They can just go out and buy, or maybe they're even leasing for like seventy dollars a month or something. Yeah, a, a, a Ford.
0: Well, not Ford anything now. Oh yeah, for a car, but but like a Malibu. So when did they maybe? stop
1: making the Cobalt? Is that 2011? Was that 2011? I can't remember, but something like that. Yeah. Oh, getting near the end of these super chats. Oh, that was the end of it. Yeah. Someone so, said
0: you skipped them. Oh the super God damn it! Comp 182. I've been eyeballing it.
1: Comp 182. Okay, going. On. That happens when I dad click. Comp 182. Comp 182. There he is. Go. Sorry, comp 182. Didn't mean to do that. Um, What are your thoughts on the Mini Cooper S in terms of reliability? It's a great car to lease. Looking for a fun, reliable car with a manual that will be my daily driver. Look, are you looking to lease or own? If you're looking to lease, hell yeah, get a Mini Cooper. Get all that BMW stuff. If you want a fun, reliable car with a manual that that you're just going to buy... We'll go to something we said earlier in this podcast and get the. Uh... Oh, Comp One Eighty Two says own, so he's going to buy it.
0: I. And the big question is: Are you buying new or buying used? Because with any with any car, but I mean, especially with European, they're not isn't a luxury car. But if you're buying a BMW or Mercedes or anything, they're fine when they're new, pretty much. I mean, you got but you got like five years, a window there. Usually, whatever the warranty is on them. Yeah. To where it goes from being a a good car to being living hell. Yeah. So, if you're buying a used one, you're guaranteed to get it in the living hell portion of the ownership.
1: Yeah. So, he wants... I, I'll keep an eye on the other chat here. You need... Uh, you need... Uh, until I hear otherwise... I'm going to go with the manual Corolla. You can throw it around. It'll be fun.
0: They certainly rev. I'm going to go with a manual Toyota Corolla. This may be shocking to people, but I'm actually really impressed by newer Kias and Hyundais. They seem like well built, believe it or not. Like the (laughs) interiors, like they're nice interiors. The cars overall seem like pretty decent. Yeah. For what they are, you can get them stick. I don't know what model it would be
1: maybe get yourself a genesis that's some money though that's a rear wheel drive yeah
0: platform. but i know what their smaller manual car would be the i Trail. i i actually like the souls
1: haple has one
0: yeah he loves it i've had yeah. a few of them come in and i'm like this this is pretty decent it's <laughs> actually like it drives pretty comfortably they're roomy inside
1: i got a lift from one uh coming from lax uh in into, into the city into la and it was a guy rolling up in a black kia soul with a stick shift and I said, "Hey, good move with the stick shift." And he says, "Oh yeah, I love it. It's fun." I'm like, "Huh?"
0: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't expect it. I mean, a probably wouldn't be your go-to car if you're looking the, you know, you're looking for something like sporty or whatever. you are right. normally just think Kias and Hyundais are junk, but the newer ones, I don't know. To me, they seem pretty decent.
1: Hmm. Um. So, speaking of fun and decent, uh, I, I will get to other super chats, but I have to ask Justin about the Turbo C10 project. Now yeah. I've been following on YouTube and
0: Between me and Jordan, the slowest project <laughs> completers in history.
1: Uh well, it's like uh it's like a builder's home is never finished and a mechanics project is never done. Yeah. So it is a nineteen seventy two three. Sorry.
0: That was the first year of that body style.
1: So for for those people watching and also uh A lesson for myself when we talk about when I see posts from uh, Justin Kramer here on his uh, oh and by the way Justin Kramer's YouTube channel is Fuel Injection Sucks we'll plug it again at the end and also on Instagram yeah I think it's it's
0: the same everywhere
1: uh, is working on okay what do what do I need to know and other people who aren't familiar with square body love what's it about And what's the truck about?
0: Well, the square-body Chevy, which some people wouldn't... They're actually... They become hot right now, but I've always liked them. But it's a 73 through 87 Chevy full-size truck. They technically made them until 93, like we said, because GM is good with that. They'll (laughs) sell two of the same car at once. So until they they sold all the bodies off, it was 93. But um, that was just the generation of the full-size truck. Um, My particular reason that I, I like them is... My dad has a 1978 GMC Jimmy, which uh-huh. is a Chevy Blazer. And he had that when I was a kid. He still has it. He's owned it since new. So I grew up with that thing, with that nose, the round headlights, and the big open fish grill. Yeah. So that's pretty much why I went to him. Mm-hmm. But um, I have, in the one he's talking about, it's a 350 Chevy. Nothing special, generic, emissions, garbage motor. And I bought an eBay turbo kit, <laughs> which I regret, but it's on there. And I was just like, let's see what happens with this. <laughs> and it came into... I I was trying to see what you could do with no electronics yeah. and no money. Okay. Not because I'm forced to, but I wanted to see because people instantly dismiss all this stuff. Right. And go right to turbo ls right which it, it is better yeah of course it is why everyone does it but people don't even try anything else mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff i'm playing with hasn't really been done since the 60s or 70s nice. a lot of the technology it, it's been done before it's not like i'm breaking new ground i'm just doing stuff they were doing back in the 50s and 60s and 70s so yeah you
1: have a uh regular four bolt
0: It's a two-bolt. Okay. It's actually the first two-bolt motor I've had. And on small-block Chevys, it's how many bolts hold the main caps on. There's Mm -hmm. two bolts or four bolts. Mm -hmm. Obviously, four bolts are stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, By the weird twist of fate, the motor I'm turbocharging happened to be the only two-bolt main they've ever seen in real life. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) People say those are junk, too. And I've heard it doesn't really matter either way. Um, It's carbureted. It's not intercooled. And aside from the electronic ignition module and the distributor, there's no electronics controlling anything on the entire vehicle. Nice. So it's a fully mechanical turbocharging setup, which I heard nothing from the last two years I've been building this from YouTube comments that it's impossible. It won't work. Uh-huh. It'll blow up instantly. Uh-huh. I mean, it needs tuning, but it works. Right. So we gotta do this car on RCR.
1: Like a fully mechanical fully mechanical turbocharger.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just they,
1: springs. Springs in the blow-off valve.
0: I don't have a blow-off valve. It's a wastegate. There's no oh, blow-off sorry. valve. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's running strictly. You don't have a boost controller. Oh. It's just wastegate pressure on the wastegate spring.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it just goes into the carburetor, which I converted to be a blow-through carburetor.
1: You cut the, uh, cut did, the did choke you ha- off. You have to take the wizard and
0: yeah the yeah. choke will blow shut if you leave it on there ah. but um, a few other internal things once again everyone said it wouldn't work people on the commenting on the most recent video are still saying that it won't work even though it's working in the video <laughs> that they just watched yeah but um, for a loose idea of what everything cost the truck was 700 bucks. but that's kind of doesn't matter because you could buy whatever mm-hmm. the motor I bought was $100 how'd you buy a
1: motor for 100 bucks?
0: you just gotta look they aren't worth anything Oh, I mean, it probably depends on your area of the country, but I bought a running 350 for $100 with, I mean, carburetor to pan. It had an alternator on it. had <laughs> everything on it, spark plug wires, everything. Uh-huh. I sold the serpentine belt set up off the front. Uh-huh. so I wasn't going to use it for $80. What? And then I sold the quadrajet carburetor that was on it for 40 <laughs> So technically, I made $20 on the motor.
1: <laughs> I the,
0: love this. The eBay turbo kit was $700, okay. which... Seems like a cheap turbo kit, but it was complete garbage. Oh. The manifolds didn't fit. I would have been better off just making my own manifolds. They would have fit and they would have worked better, and they mm-hmm. wouldn't have cost me anything. So, yeah, we have that involved. The carburetor was fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and it cost me forty dollars to modify it for blow through. Hmm. So I have ninety dollars in the carburetor. Okay. Where if you buy a blow through carburetor, they're seven hundred to a thousand dollars. Whoa. Which, but everyone's commenting on the video. They're just like, oh, you need a blow through carb. No, I did this, it's fine, it's $90. Yeah. There's a mechanical fuel pump, generic Summit Racing fuel pump. Mm-hmm. Um, on mechanical fuel pumps, there's a vent on top, which just allows the air pressure to come in and go out as the pump, this yeah. little flappy thing. Um, I tap that, and I run a boost reference line in that vent, which goes up to the intercooler, what would be, would be the intercooler piping. And it forces boost on the other side of the fuel pump, which turns the fuel pump into a rising rate fuel pump.
1: I'm sorry, you just lost me.
0: Like, what is it? It will actually raise the fuel pressure equal to boost blowing into the carburetor. And it supplying me with more fuel proportionally as the boost. Oh, mechanical fuel? Yes. I don't know why this works, but this was actually done back in the 50s on Studebakers and Thunderbirds and things that had blow-through superchargers on them.
1: So, is it It's putting positive pressure
0: into the fuel pump on the backside of the diaphragm, which pumps the fuel.
1: Okay, so I guess it's helping it pump more?
0: Yeah, and it actually works. When you apply air pressure to it, you'll watch the fuel pressure go up. Huh. From its base, five pounds, and it'll go up one to one. So if I'm running ten pounds, if I started with five pounds at idle, and I'm running ten pounds of boost it'll now have 15 pounds of fuel pressure
1: huh huh amazing
0: and i'm running a stock 70s ignition distributor that i welded the advance on i just saw that yeah so it won't advance on its own whatever i said to is the timing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's it and i want to see how far you can push this i'm gonna go on with it like yeah do other things to it but it's more of an experiment I wasn't intending it to be anything impressive or fast or anything like that I'm
1: interested in every step of this so go if you're watching this go to the YouTube channel Fuel Injection Sucks that's Justin Kramer and he's building this crazy fully mechanical turbo truck Um. so in what state is the truck right now?
0: I dynoed it last week not for power uh-huh. Um, Matt from Slot Mechanics, Denma on YouTube. I think was he in Slot Mechanics? He was Denma. He might be on the Slot Mechanics now. Okay. But he was on your channel for the thousand horsepower Turbo Colorado. Yeah. Built from mostly garbage. At the uh, time when yeah. I
1: drove it, it was only four hundred and fifty.
0: Yeah, but it, it's known on the internet as the thousand horsepower Colorado. Nice. Which you'll find easily on YouTube and everywhere else. But I bought it to his his dyno last weekend, and we just kind of I wanted to see how it would run. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't going for power. And of course, whenever you post a dyno video, yeah. everyone's commenting what power did it make and they're wondering why it didn't make any power. That's not what we're doing today. And I even explained in the video, I just want to see what happens when you roll into the gas to see if it works or if it blows the pistons out the side of the block. Yeah, We're just kind of experimenting. I wasn't going for power and it survived. Okay, It had some issues with uh, the floats in the carburetor were sticking. Mm. Either they were sticking off like no fuel or they were sticking pouring fuel into the motor. Ah. There was no in-between. But uh, it made, like, one clean pull. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It only made, like, 270 horsepower to the wheels, mm-hmm. which sounds terrible for a turbocharged V8. Right. But these 350s only make... They're factory-rated at 160 horsepower. Huh. Crank. They do make more oh. than that, but that's what yeah. GM says they make. Realistically, they make 180 or 200 crank. Right. Alright. So that's where we're at right now. I'm gonna f- I fixed the float. Right. But I did, I was considering taking it back today, but as we said it's like a hundred degrees outside yeah. and I didn't want to stand in a steel warehouse <laughs> next to a truck running on a dyno today. No. But Matt lives for that. I wonder if he's there right now. Oh, uh, they were there earlier. Uh-huh. I think he yeah, he's gone by now.
1: Um Uh, Roxy Rainey no question but thanks for a dollar Um, Skeeter Skeet rx 8 says I feel the car culture is too expensive for me it can be it can be super cheap in the case of what square bodies or or...
0: square bodies are money now (laughs) they're they're, they're probably going to go back down but right now they're hot Uh, but I mean it's car car culture isn't expensive it depends what you want to do Mm. there's always like a cheap way and you know an expensive way to do anything
1: like the cheapest things i've ever seen were the guys the uh the scooter club from lancaster who was running those punch and sears uh sears two-stroke mopeds mm-hmm. they were all into that like look you can buy this thing from some guy in a some guy has one like oh i bought this it's just sitting in the barn you can have it for 50 bucks you can rebuild the engine for 20 dollars the piston's this big. Um,
0: I mean, for, I, I think for the most part, old old pickup trucks are the way to go if you want to get into something. If you're in the old stuff. I, I get some people aren't in the old stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you want to learn about cars and get a, something for a project, uh-huh. I mean, you can still get, like, an 80s-something Ford yeah. F-150. Dodges are cheap, yet yeah, for the most part. We were talking about how... On the way here, uh, they
1: are doing. Lemons is doing retreat from Moscow again in 2019, and I want to be a part of that. And we were talking about how Do- that when you see uh, Chrysler K cars, the Dodge areas in Plymouth, Reliant, they're one of two things: either
0: mint, mm-hmm. or
1: how is this running?
0: Yeah, like there's no floor.
1: Uh, how are you holding up? I'm fine. Okay. Um, uh, Rob D. Uh thanks for five dollars. The list of cars the list of cars I review for my job so far goes Oh, Rob D. Is that Rob Dan? Or someone else. The list of cars I review for my job so far goes Trailhawk, Mustang GT3, XTS V4. Not sure seeing what the STX is and what's a V4? Navigator Euro uh uh, eco, uh, Eco Sport, aka Eco Shit, aka Name of Lies. <laughs> thoughts? Um, I'm not sure what the question is. My thoughts on all these cars? I don't know why they didn't call the Trailhawk the uh, just S or the or the Hellcat, T- your yeah, Hellcat Jeep. Jeep. That's what it is. The Mustang, Mustang GT. I mean, Mustang GT is the most regular of all your V8. Uh, sports cars, and trying to hype them up as being something special doesn't really work. That the special versions of them are special, but your You're average... A
0: GT350 and stuff.
1: Yeah. But your average ones, I mean, they, they're they good, and they're cheaper than Corvettes. Uh, Navigator, Lincoln Navigator,
0: well... Those are, like, shockingly expensive now. Really? Do uh, you, you, you realize that? No. Someone told me this, and I looked. A... 2018 or if they're in the 19 of the 19s are out yet yeah navigator at $90,000 oh like starting at $90,000
1: there i saw one i think at the es- New York I, auto. I, I, show. I think the
0: escalades are over 100
1: god damn i think that's from <laughs> are they one do they want to compete with mercedes now i guess so
0: they they look i i haven't seen one in person but i was browsing the website and they look those and the escalades both look like very nice yeah for I, if you're into those kind of things
1: <laughs> i saw one at the new york auto show i didn't get near it it was up on the rotating plinth or whatever that thing was yeah and it looked very space age but my joke was i'll see you in the ghetto in 10 years
0: that yeah it's the trick right you see escalades Arth, you can get a first gen Escalade for three grand, yeah, <laughs> or less, and it was probably sixty or seventy thousand dollars new. Yeah,
1: they depreciate like hell, and all of them have the left side of the driver's seat completely destroyed because everybody, uh, from I think Brian's mobile, that YouTube channel, the other guy, he had that whole thing like, look, there's 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 a way to exit a truck. It's using this handle and not sliding down like you're on a water slide.
0: The other thing Guaranteed to be On on an older luxury vehicle Like once it goes In the used car market The wheels are gonna be Caked in brake dust (laughs) (laughs) Yes Yeah Like no one ever Washes them Just gonna be Brown over chrome The the (laughs) fake chrome Is gonna be peeling off And everything
1: Can't get a hose Can't get a rag Just spray it off
0: And it's ruined Air suspension's Blown out If it has that Yeah
1: Uh Death What is that
0: death hexia
1: 2000 death hexia 00 hello i own a 2010 mustang v6 with an automatic transmission i've been considered trading it in should i keep it and if i do any mechanical issues i should look out for um check to make sure there is no air in your radiator lines that's something that can happen nick had that problem well that's an 04 and you have an s127 but i think the mustang v six in the early twenty twenty teens is running the uh the ecotech i'm sorry the duratech
0: Duratec yeah is V6. is is that running the direct inject motor no but that's still the old like a four liter or something yeah like v six yeah they weren't running uh, yeah, i didn't know what the direct, year they started the direct exactly. inject yet yeah. uh I don't know, but in,
1: you know that's still an s one two seven and that's running the Maybe it's a three point nine or something. I know it was
0: around a four liter.
1: You could get yeah. the the same engine, the same engine that's in the Mustang V six from those eras is always the same one that's in the Windstar or the um, base F one fifty. Yeah, <laughs> tune different tune, of course, different exhaust. Should I keep it? I mean, if you like it, you like it. If you trade it in, trade it in for what? I mean, I any dealership seeing a v6 mustang is going to give you crap on top of crap for it you're better off selling that yourself on craigslist as the general rule with selling cars unless you're in some sort of super hurry and really jonesing for jonesing for something else i mean you have the good v6 you have the double cam one uh the one in nick's car the, the 04 mustang i think that's still the cologne v6 or something like that
0: oh it's like a three eight yeah it's a push rod maybe I I have here's here's two unpopular automotive opinions I have. Yeah. Um. Number one is if you get a Camaro, Mustang, Challenger, Charger, you don't buy a V6 one just because you don't. Mm-hmm. it's hmm just. I, I I know the new ones make 300 horsepower and stuff, yeah. and they're faster than a '90s V8 one, but it's yeah. just you. It's, it's like a sin. <laughs> you you can't buy a like a real drive muscle car and have a V6 in it. Yeah. Because that, that's it,
1: for a that's for a rental fleet. It
0: doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like a V8 when you start it. I don't care how fast it is. It's going to sound like a caravan when you start it. So that's my, I don't know, I'll get rid of it just because it's a V6. The, the other unpopular one is going to fire everyone up because I'm, I'm very proud of this. Uh-huh. Like it or not, a 3 Series BMW is a Honda Civic with leather. Oh. When you go to the BMW dealer, you sit in a different waiting room at get your car service because they don't want the real BMW owners to see you to have the 5 Series and 7 Series. <laughs> i' I'll, I'll wait for the comments on that one
1: l <laughs> s four hundred thanks for two bucks um I'm, I'm not reading that uh you are apparently <laughs> i guess uh but but thank you so much for the donation um i guess i'm protestant u c c was protestant they are almost unitarian these days
0: well most things are protestant yeah. technically
1: yeah the ucc isn't like methodist or episcopalian or anything like that i guess ucc is always was ucc but thank you ls 400 uh alex 90 with 10 pounds says justin kramer i hope i spelt your surname correct yep (laughs) sounds like a great project uh subscription is coming your way yay mr regular looking forward to your review and test drive there'll be a lot of tuning to do but it'll be definitely oh and you have the other truck with the camper on it
0: yeah i have another it's the same truck they're both blue long bed (laughs) the other one's a 78 with a 454 which for the europeans is a 7.4 liter engine no overdrive nope nope i just drove it to maryland and back how was H2O? It wasn't H2O. Don't know. Well, it, oh. I guess it rained. I guess it could have been. No, it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was cruising. I like the cruising week. Supposedly, it's all like you know, like muscle cars and hot rods that go down. Uh-huh. It rained every day of a Saturday. I've never been to it before. I know that sounds like a sin, apparently, it's like the thing to go to okay, if you're in okay. this area. But it was. It was. It was very interesting. I I, I want to go back. Hopefully, it won't rain again. Mm-hmm. We hauled down my friend Corey's. Pontiac Tempest. I think it's a '66. Is that or that brown one he
1: drove in the rally? The same? No, one? he got
0: rid of that one immediately. Okay. When he got back, that thing was done. <laughs> um, he it's a '67, I think, four door black Pontiac Tempest that he put a two JZ turbo into. Ooh. Yeah. With
1: Very a,
0: With a GM Powerglide, and then a Ford 8.8 rear. Did he
1: have to make an adapter? He
0: bought an adapter plate. Hmm. But it's running mega squ- micro squirt injection. And i think, squirt. No, I think he's using that, micro on the engine. What's the difference? Uh, it's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I I <laughs> I think the micro. I don't, I don't I don't I haven't played with them, but I think the micro is is better, more advanced okay. computer than the the mega squirt is. Okay. But Yeah, we we I trailered that down because it runs an E eighty five, and he was afraid he was going to run out of E eighty five down there. there's nowhere to fill it. Mm. So we filled the car up, brought a bunch of tanks down Yeah, and drove around in the rain. (laughs) Anything fun happened down there? It's kind of nothing. It's nothing where we went down. The cops were everywhere pulling over diesels with stanced rims and Ah. LEDs (laughs) on (laughs) their (laughs) own. That was mostly what we saw.
1: I wonder what they're writing people up for. Just cruising or
0: usually it's mayhem like burnouts donuts in the street and everything but it seems like they were really going after all the diesel trucks interesting even the ones with
1: uh silhouettes of ar-15s on the back
0: oh yeah most i think they were nailing all of them for the wheels sticking out of the fenders Uh because they all had the 22s with the rubber band tires yeah so i think they were getting them all for that just so they'd i don't know I I don't think they're wanted there by by anyone. I don't think they're wanted there by the people that have the old cars either. No. Uh
1: Roxy Rainey, no question. Thanks for a dollar.
0: They're some they're complaining in the regular chat that their question isn't coming up. Oh fuck. If you post it, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, the, the dollar keeps coming through but their question isn't showing.
1: Okay, there's that. Oh, you clicked it and it went away! Oh. <laughs> now the super chat went away. Oh boy! Sorry, I'm dad clicking my way to freedom here. Pop out chat. There we go. Move this back over here. Move this back over here. Uh scrolling down there it goes so Roxy Rainey is the one whose question isn't getting answered or is it somebody else no yeah it's Roxy Rainey so what's his question I would love to surprise him with a review of my car before he dies I'm emailing now
0: maybe that's best the email will come through
1: yeah okay we got the question to you so huh um Uh, Skeeter rx8 says my mark 5 GTI is cheap. It's no BMW though still fun Sure, it is the um, I Think I've tried to explain the PA dubber culture to people who aren't around here, and it's not just that it's a Volkswagen I think maybe for some people they would want a BMW but it's out of their price range for a modern one so they get a Volkswagen and because it's German too they then drive it with a aura of imperiousness
0: I I as far as the, the VW people around here I personally think that most of them are not into the cars They're into the culture. Okay. In order to become part of that culture, they have to get a BMW. I mean, they have to get a VW. Uh. It's a... I don't know if it's all over the country, but Volkswagen people around here are particularly annoying. (laughs) But... But, but, uh,
1: Yeah. It's
0: it's like... It's like no other cars. It's usually... So, it, it's a bit, it's, it's, it's like it almost has nothing to do with the cars themselves. It's just like an excuse to get together and hang out, which which, which is fine. Yeah. But they ruin the cars on purpose. It's almost like the crappier they make the cars, the more yeah. impressive it is. Yeah.
1: Like, they, they're... they You have to, if you have a turbo diesel, it has to be sooty.
0: It has to have, like, a hood stack. Yeah. You're cooler if you make your paint peel off and rust. Yeah. Um, It'd be good if you have an external oil cooler. Yeah, I was. There's, there's a thing where it's a badge of honor if your tires rub the fenders and burn the paint off. Yeah. like only you know, when it's when it's stanced. Yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I, just, I, I just don't know. I, I never thought about if the rest of the country was like this. I just assumed it was. Yeah. Maybe it is only around here.
1: You have like ratty Civics everywhere, but I've never seen Volkswagens. Um.
0: But the the ratty Civics don't hang out with each other. You're right, they don't. Like the VW people will get in together in all over the country in huge groups. Yeah. And then they don't even look at the cars. Right. <laughs> they're not interested in working on them. Like this this show H2O we talked about, which is in which is in Maryland, which I think is pretty much banned now. I don't even know yeah. what's happening anymore. But they would go down there and drive the cars up and down the road. But it was mostly just an excuse for them they to get together in parking lots and drink. Yeah. Or in the hotels. They'd be like, go to the Maryland, park our car, and then just get loaded in a hotel room. Yeah. And then that was basically H two O.
1: Yeah, in the U in the EU they are also boring and snobby. Alex Ninety says IS oh, yes, VW culture. Do they drive them around PA slam to the floor and sitting on split rims? A split rim?
0: probably yes my idea of a split rim is those 1950s truck rims that kill you uh, i don't know i don't know what but yeah okay, that was the other thing is usually the weirder and uglier the rim is they they can find to put on the car <laughs> yeah. is another badge of honor so yes maybe maybe, maybe it. it is all over the country maybe it's maybe this isn't a local thing
1: but we got the term though pa dubber like you say, P A W, you know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Someone, someone has said it perfectly. V W people are the hipsters of the car world, <laughs> and it's not the air cooled ones. The, the air cooled V W people are totally different. Yeah. Than the people driving the mid '90s Golfs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and they don't want Passats either.
0: No, I've seen tons of Passats. It's whatever.
1: Oh really? Okay.
0: Yeah, I've seen, I've seen tons of ruined Passats wagons. Man. Um cactus
1: catastrophe hello again oh cactus catastrophe says honey you missed my super chat unless you plan on going back up
0: Did nope. I? It's no it's right there you haven't answered it yet
1: oh do you think that general motors will ever go the turbo everything route that ford has gone ford is now turbo everything even in the transit vans well gm has their uh what they're calling it ecotech right or might um
0: eco boost is the ford I don't know what GM calls it. Okay. I, I, I GM will because everyone is. It's going to be easier for emission standards just to make the engine smaller, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it, it wasn't. Manufacturers aren't doing it for performance. Everyone that thinks that is wrong. The reason mm-hmm. they're making these little four-cylinder turbocharged engines is tricky for emissions and fuel economy. Mm-hmm. They can make the engine smaller and smaller and smaller if they turbo them. People won't complain about the fact they don't have any power. Right. The
1: I, I saw it in the Chevy Trax. All of them are turbos now.
0: Yeah. Well, the Cruise. Maybe they made a Cruise yet? Yeah, the Cruise. They saw the Cruise, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that's turbo. Um, the Sinica? I know someone that bought an Equinox has a turbo engine in it. Okay. Um, the Silverado. I saw someone post this. The Silverado a few weeks ago announced that they're gonna have a turbocharged 2.7 liter four cylinder in a full size truck. What's
1: the displacement again?
0: 2.7, I think it was. So it's a big four-cylinder, but it's not big for a truck. Right. How are you going to get the... It's going to have a tow rating? It's not going to have a long bed. It's not even the base model. <laughs> it's it's going to have more power than the base V6. It's powerful. It's like 300-something horsepower and like 400-something foot-pounds of really? torque.
1: Huh. You know... If 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 I were a bigger channel and could woo Ford, I kind of want, I don't know what the engine designation or if it even has a part number, but the turbocharged four that's in the uh, folk, uh, Focus ST, and that would be the Falcon engine. I don't know how tall that motor is.
0: It's not that big.
1: But that would be a neat engine to have in the Falcon. Of course, I'd have a completely different transmission, and I'd probably run in bucket seats. Why
0: well, electronics, though? That is true. If anything new like that, there's a lot of electronics involved. Yeah, where would I
1: put that? I probably wouldn't have a glove box anymore. It would all end up in there behind that. Yeah, well, the it may,
0: may, the engine might be smaller than you think for the engine bay. So mm-hmm. you'd probably cram a lot of it in the engine bay in I mean, theory. Would the electronics
1: be okay with the heat?
0: Probably. Huh. Okay. Have to
1: protect it. It had it would have to be in a box from because, you know, everything splashes up from underneath.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so cactus catastrophe, we got that question done. I think we're gonna call it now for uh, all of the super chats. Thank you to everybody who sent the super chat questions. We'll we won't ignore uh, the regular folks. We'll probably go for another ten minutes. Yeah, it's right fine. Um, so what? So what? Call a bunch of Pennsylvania? What do you call a bunch of Pennsylvanians in the middle of a heat wave? Complainers. <laughs> you must be from the southwest. The thing is that you know we're not built from this, and also the humidity—it's a is-
0: hundred percent humidity right now—is <laughs> is the issue. There's there's a cloud developing in his apartment right here. It's getting ready to rain in 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 the apartment. That's the issue. I've been out in Arizona and Texas and all that, and it's a hundred degrees. Yeah, but it's it's like a swamp in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, like I was riding up three hundred nine earlier today, just picking up some empty water jugs I left on the at. And I'm just looking at the horizon by the mountains and those radio towers that are up there by Summit View Restaurant. And it's just... You don't see the sky. It just turns kind of gray. Yeah, if you look
0: outside right now, it looks like it's like a storm cloud. No, it's just the humidity yeah. coming up. The sky isn't blue. It's it's like a
1: gray-pink. Uh, Texas is not dry heat. Yes, it is. I've been there. I've been there. Earlier... Yeah. It's dry. I'm outside... And I'm sweating and I don't feel gross. Oh, I just wipe the sweat away. Here, you just, you're just you just wiping it around the different parts yeah. of your head. Trust oh. me,
0: it's, it's less dry here. If, if, <laughs> if Yeah, it may not be completely dry there, but it's a lot less dry in Pennsylvania.
1: Get a CLP so you can review a semi. I thought about that, trying to get a... Or CLP? Commercial license. C- CDL. CDL. Yeah.
0: I mean, you could just drive one in a parking lot, too
1: much love from wisconsin proud buell owner oh you're a weirdo i like you what would be your dream motorcycle honda vfr like one of those from the 80s they had the uh, v-twin double four valve double cam the the engine sat like this it was like a 90 degree oh, yeah, yeah. V. You had the bottom pistons, straight forward. You had the first one almost straight up and down. Maybe it wasn't like 90 degree. It might have been like an 88 degree. Anyway, um, but they had carburetors and you can't work on them because the carburetors are here. And they're like, they have that weird angle in there. Also, I think that was the first year they had a uh, mono swing arm. I know the modern ones do. It would be probably nicer to have a, it was a mono rear swing arm with a chain. Those all on the same side. Hmm. Um, that would be my dream bike. I kind of want... <clears throat> excuse me. Honda's new... And no one's buying this thing. Uh, the Honda's new CB1100. It's made to look like the old CB750s from the 70s. Which I sat on one earlier today. I just met a guy rolling around at Snyder's, that intersection of 309 and I guess it's
0: 443. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, that gas station is gonna be selling beer soon. Ooh. They found a way. Uh, and I met an old guy there with a 1971 CB750, completely restored and it was fucking gorgeous and i sat on and i sat on it and i moved the handlebars and I'm like this is crap <laughs> it's like oh it's everything has that wooden feel to it it's creaky it's uh th- there isn't a lightness to the front of the bike it's it's a very front heavy bike and um just not riding it i'm i'm sure it's c- fabulous but there's a lot of heavy steel in those
0: bikes which
1: you know is nice for cars of those eras for whatever reason that's a nice feeling of the heaviness but on the bikes it isn't it, well there's it, a lot
0: more balance to bikes it, it matters more yeah so anyway honda made the cb1100
1: it's a which is weird because it's they call it 1100 but it's really 1140 normally they up the yeah displacement on the bikes to make them feel larger than they are but in this case they went down I don't know for the title of the bike people complain my initial thoughts on those uh, motorcycles is that they don't have enough power it's an 1100 that makes only about 90 horsepower which you know back in the day would be insane but well not insane but duly impressive but uh it the point is that it's a cruiser and that's kind of all i've been doing with my dr650 which i haven't reviewed yet it's it's an off-road bike but it's damn heavy Mm -hmm. for a dual sport that tries to it has the appearance of a motocross bike with the plastics like rear fenders where you would have your number on it uh and your brush guards for your handles um it's more akin to a uh uh, a BMW GS650 Dual Sport, which sells itself as really a street bike that can kind of go off road.
0: Well, yeah, well those BMWs are, are like the go-to bike for people that want to have those crossovers. It almost seems yeah. like that's what you see most people riding.
1: I've never ridden one. They look nice. Hermes always Hermes being like whenever
0: you see these these guys taking on these cross-country motorcycle trips, they just get one of them.
1: Yeah, I've ridden the uh, uh, 1200. Freaking great.
0: My one Mason. friend had the the Honda copy of it. So I don't know bikes that well, but
1: Honda the, 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 their big tour, the biggest tour. It,
0: the, it was a, it was a copy of the it was their co- competition to that BMW,
1: where okay, it could go so on not, and
0: off road. It, I know it had half of a Honda Fit motor in it.
1: That is the Honda seven hundred. It's like the Honda something something. I forget the designation is, but it's a 700... you You're right. It's a seven hundred CC. It's half of a Honda Fit motor. And the the touring one is called the X. it has the higher fenders on it. The
0: gas tank is in the frame, I think. Mm -hmm. And then what we think is the gas tank is helmet-like storage.
1: There's a guy a few blocks over who has one. I started talking to him. He says it's the best commuter motorcycle I've ever driven. And they're also offered with a dual clutch, which uh, is just a thumb button up and down for your transmission, which I think is stupid. But, you know, if you legitimately are commuting on a motorcycle and you're expecting to get 75 miles a gallon hey not too bad
0: she had, she she bought it like she was one of the first people in the US to get it whenever they came out oh, yeah. and now since then I don't know she had some other crotch rocket I don't know what it is mm. some generic <laughs> crotch rocket consider an
1: XC90 or a V70R for a camera car nope I want a car that can be repaired in any state in the union and that is a Subaru uh, and also, uh, Volvo's just don't grab me at all. Like anything, with the exception of the 240 bricks, they're kind of neat. But I don't know if I'd want to live my life in something like that. So Bruce says he can have a Subaru engine out in an hour.
0: Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, I'm not that quick, but I, I've heard of people doing it in 30 minutes.
1: You have to like not care.
0: No, you have to know exactly what you got to disconnect and I'm uh, not, I'm I've done a few of them now. Yeah. And I'm starting to catch on to the to like the cheats. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've realized that if you're doing anything that you have a choice of removing the motor on a Subaru, you just remove the motor. Yeah. It's really that easy.
1: Uh see, the idea of getting of I, I want the turbo one. I've learned my lesson in Pennsylvania. Just expect rust like Mm -hmm. crazy. Because the engine I want and the body style I want is only from 2006 to 2008. Um, It's the post-facelift Forester where they did away with the banjo bolts. Because this is something I learned from a Subaru guy that the first generation... Oh, I'm sorry. Within the second generation Forester, they had the XT, Mm -hmm. which was the... They call it the detuned STI motor. And even though it's the same displacement, it has different heads, different injectors, different intercooler, different turbo.
0: Yeah, the smaller intercooler, the smaller turbo. Mm-hmm. My friend had one in uh, Baja. Oh, nice. The stick shift turbo Baja. Badass.
1: Build a PC already. So much FPS, much stutter. Wow. We will. How hot is this computer? Pretty warm. Pretty warm. And the bottom's not doing too bad.
0: The wood table hasn't lit on
1: fire yet. Yeah. But this computer I've had for like five years. So. Or six years. Anyway. Yeah, I'll get a new... Comp- See, I could be probably be running this from my desktop, but I'm not because my desktop is over there. So this is the laptop. The desktop's fine. That's the one we added RCR on. But. Uh, buy the Subaru Baja. Your neighbor is selling and use it as a camera car. Oh, yeah, the one for sale. I think they sold that down at the Deer Lake Auto, and that was an automatic anyway. The weird thing about the Baja is it's only a 4 seater. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a center seat in the rear, and I wonder, it probably could have one, but I think they did that for safety because if, and for cargo capacity because if you put five five people in and put stuff in the trunk, you'd probably break something. Yeah, that might be heavy. Yeah. Um. So... What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Banjo bolts on uh, the Forrester XTs. So the first generation, I'm sorry, the pre-facelift Subaru Forester from 2003 to 2005, um, the banjo bolts for the oil lines mm-hmm. that ran to the turbo where the banjo bolt met the wherever the hard line is was going uh, wherever the connection is there were little metal uh uh screens in there yeah and the service manual from subaru said if there was ever clogged take them out and don't replace them and they said that was the thing that cooked a lot of the turbos because they would get gummed up and people didn't know that they were there and one of them's easy to get to, and one of them's a pain in the dick to get to, and it may be just another thing you do when you take the motor out. Mm-hmm. The the post facelift ones, two thousand six two thousand nine, they just never put them in, and then no turbo ever was oil starved.
0: Well, they had that, they had ones. that issue with variable valve timing solenoids and stuff too on various cars. Is oh, is is, oh, is, you're is that right. screen? I'm
1: sorry, you're right. The first, the pre facelift ones. Had variable valve timing. The post facelift ones didn't. The older one, the newer ones didn't, and they didn't have the banjo bolts at all. They just did away with it. Entirely. Yeah, because
0: the 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 crud can clog up the variable valve timing So, right. so usually there's a screen filter somewhere in the system. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's usually on the solenoids. Sometimes they have them in random places in the block too, just to catch stuff. Mm-hmm. And those will clog up, and then your variable valve timing will fail, or not work, or throw codes for it, or whatever. Huh. be yeah, all those little screens came about when variable valve timing came about before that no one really cared if there was microscopic stuffs <laughs> flying around in oil the filter would get anything big enough
1: yeah well i think we're gonna call that a podcast uh happy fourth of july if we don't do anything between here and now oh i'm sorry rubber duck with no question but twenty dollars canadian thank you um Maybe c- cactus catastrophe. Does Justin have any thoughts about Ford does Ford's twin turbo V sixes and all of the F one fifties explorers and expeditions and so on? Is that the same engine that's in the uh the police cars? I'm thinking it is. They're twin turbo V sixes. I
0: think I think the like the Tauruses and stuff like that, I think are three point five liter twin turbo. Okay. Where the trucks well there's a two seven which is smaller than I think maybe it is a three five. Well yeah, it's probably the same basic motor. Uh-huh. But I haven't heard anything really bad about them.
1: Did you get any police cars in to work on?
0: None of them are turbo. Uh. Um, and Pennsylvania's weird with their police cars. All 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 the town cops around me have expeditions.
1: Huh. Everybody up here has explorers and tourists.
0: Yeah, well the the state police do. Ah. Uh. I learned this, I didn't someone told me so the guy that has the motorhome and other mm-hmm. such things. Pennsylvania has a rule that uh, their police cars have to be built in the US. Huh. Which is why you don't see the Chevy Caprice. Or Dodges.
1: Oh.
0: Because the Caprice is Australian. Yeah. And Dodge probably just builds their cars in Mexico or something. Huh. But yeah, it is an actual rule from who knows how long ago.
1: Is that a fact? Oh my goodness.
0: But yeah, the the only issue I've heard with the EcoBoost trucks is that and it's more of a driver air thing is that people will go up a hill towing a trailer balls the wall full boost yeah and up a grade like for 10 minutes straight yeah and they melt the cats out of them
1: really shit
0: but that's really more of like you shouldn't be flooring the thing that has 20 pounds of booster they run through <laughs> and just holding it there because <laughs> you know they're not really made for that but that's the only issues I've heard of, is that, you know, and that's more of just people driving them like idiots. Like, uh, like uh, that's that's abuse. Under, right. Other than the fact that I've heard from a lot of people that have owned them and gotten rid of them, that they don't get any better gas mileage than the V8s do. Okay. I've heard that from, I know they're rated higher, but from people I've heard that have personally had them, and mm-hmm. real world driving, not like, you know, staged EPA driving. Yeah, That you're still getting like 12, 15 miles per gallon, beating really? it around. So they said if they should have just got whatever the base motor was at that time a 5.0 or something, mm-hmm. it would have been the same difference. Nice.
1: The uh, to answer your question, Magnus, with your last minute question,
0: the answer is keep it original.
1: Um, you get your parents' Mazda 6 manual. Nice car, by the way. Um, put an interesting engine in it. The engine itself is the uh, Ford three uh, liter Duratec, which is that that's that's interesting enough. That makes good power for what it is. So, keep it original. You'll have lots of lots of fun. All right. Oh, Death death. Electrius says, I'm from Pittsburgh around the airport, and we have caprices and chargers out here. Yeah,
0: but it's a state. It's only, I'm not talking about your yeah, local locals. place. I'm talking about state troopers. Yeah. Because I, I, when he told me that, I never thought about it, but if you look at state troopers, it's only Fords. Huh. But they have.
1: Huh. Well, that was... We're bumping up on two hours... Uh, Thank you so much, Justin Kramer, for joining me on this hot day. I need a million drinks, and there's watermelon waiting for us in the fridge. Yep. Yep. So thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who donates to Patreon to keep RCR functioning. Thank you so much to everybody who was uh, uh, offering Super Chat questions. Thank you so much. We had a great time. Uh, We'll see you in Chicago coming in the week of the 16th. Um, we'll we'll try for a meet but no guarantees but there is going to meet, be a meet in RCR Austin in uh, October in the middle of October somewhere uh, also please subscribe to Justin Kramer's channel fuel injection sucks you can also find him on Instagram also fuel injection sucks and follow his build with the uh, turbo truck and also the, turbo, the LS Turbo Winnebago, which yeah. we didn't even talk about, but it's on yeah, the Yeah, there's
0: a Turbo LS 1978 Winnebago Chieftain. <laughs> that it belongs to Corey. Pulled out the 440 Chrysler Big Block and put a 2005 6 liter in it. I can't wait. Hey, you have a great afternoon, guys.